Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Hey, 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 Seattle. It's May, Seattle. Happy May Day. Uh, well, almost May Day. May Day means help me. I need some help in... Uh, and Happy Hour Radio. Hey, welcome to Happy Hour Radio. It's uh, always right here Saturday nights at 6 o'clock, 6 to 7 on 570 KVI, or check us out on iTunes. We've always got a host of shows so you can entertain yourself. I like putting myself on and critiquing me. <laughs> it's funny because I, I can remember every show. As soon as I start listening to it, I remember exactly what I said, and it's just that's kind of weird, I think. Um, but every show is unique. Every show is special. Every show is fun, delicious, I hope, for you. Uh, and today we have a new delicious guest. Um, it's, it's quite the name. Her name is Tanya Morningstar Darling. Now, that's a cool name. She is a seller muse and the wine events and education uh, professional. She's also teaching at the Northwest Wine Academy, and that's over at South Seattle College campus. I recommend... If you ever want to invest in yourself, go take a class. I mean, you sign up for a $45 class, you get to taste eight wines, you learn something, and you have a good time. Um, you, you can't barely go out for drinks on, in Seattle for 45 bucks. You don't learn anything. <laughs> Maybe new joke. But um, we're going to chat about uh, some of the cool things happening over there. So, Tanya Morningstar, darling, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you for having me. Uh, how did you get into wine? Oof. Uh, well, my very first job in wine was um, serving wine at a bar in La Rochelle, France, when I was 17 years old. Oh. I rented a room above uh, the bar from the proprietor, and there was a little window that looked into the bar from the terrace, and I would watch what was going on in the bar and ended up... Wow. Serving some drinks. I'm surprised you came back. Yeah. I mean, that's quite the, you know, living in France and you didn't fall in love with a Frenchman, obviously. Well, <laughs> I'm here now. maybe you did, yeah. Exactly. Well, that's really cool. Um, you speak French then? Uh, may we? May we, bien sûr. Uh, d'accord. Uh, very cool. So um, you took that that first service and you've, you've uh, maximized the opportunity. So now you have some certifications and accreditations, right? Yeah. Tell me what you got. Tell me about your pins. <laughs> well, I worked in um, actually in service and restaurants in New York for over a decade, supporting a career in the arts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was going to say supporting a drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can be equally right. financially devastating. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Um, psychotically too. Yeah, dependent. <laughs> so at a certain point, I decided to redirect my career, and um, wine came at the top of my list of hobbies that I thought I could spend my life uh, loving to do. So I got connected with WSET in New York and uh, followed that program uh, through diploma. And So the WSET is the Wine Spirits Educational Trust. Yes. It's an international organization. I think it's founded in England still? Yeah, or? in London. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they have four levels of certification, right? One, two, three, and four. Four is the diploma. Yeah. Congratulations on that. What else do you have? Uh, well, uh, most currently I've been deeply connected with the Wine Scholar Guild, uh, which is a French organization based in the United States. And um, they have two certifications that I'm now... Uh, teaching at South Seattle um, at the Northwest Wine Academy, and that's the French Wine Scholar and the Italian Wine Scholar certifications. Um, 
Take I like the French Wine Scholar. That's a nice, thick book. You learn a lot of stuff. It's a great foundation for all the wines in, in, in viticulture in France. Uh, I recommend it for everybody because you'll really have a greater appreciation for what's going on in that bottle and that glass. What does a course cost like that, and how long does it take to uh, attend and participate in the Wine Scholar class? Uh, well, those courses, so the quarter is 11 weeks, and then after the quarter is finished, so I give you an exam to get your grade at the college, and then after the quarter is finished, we take a month off to study, um, and then you set oh, the certification right. exam, because yes. it really requires um, knuckling down. You know, taking, just sitting in on the class is not going to pass the exam. Um, it's quite advanced um, and in-depth and wonderful, but it really requires a lot of focus. So I offer a couple review sessions in between, and my first round of French Wine Scholars just took their exam last weekend. So, oh, so yeah. fun. Well, I know they actually talk about some of the topography in, in the uh, the Paris Basin and things like that, and the millennia, and the soils, and the viticulture, and the vine training, and of course the grapes, and the, the yeast and analogy uh, facets. Of course, the history of the different wines, and the grapes, and the regions, which is all very fun. Uh, and so basically, it's an 11-week course you take a month off to take and then sit the exam which is is hosted by WSET you just run the not WSET I'm sorry a French wine scholar yes. wine scholar, wine scholar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it used to be called French wine scholar then they they, they, they expanded to include all sorts of countries yeah. uh, so fun and you said you have the Spanish one uh, Spanish hasn't come out yet oh, that's rolling Italian. out in the fall yeah. um, but I'm do I have the Italian wine scholar and we're actually in our very first uh, maiden voyage of that certification and this is the first year that the Italian Wine Scholar has actually been out there. So it's really exciting. It's actually two manuals, two units. It's um, incredibly in-depth, probably the most in-depth certification study program for Italy out there, I'm sure. Right. I want to take that. It's wonderful. That sounds really fun. And now, so all these classes, they do you get wine every class? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So I um, curate six to eight wines um, per session. So each class is six, three hours long. You get 11 classes. And um, yeah, I curate six to eight wines. And we get to taste wines that are really hard to find. In fact, I was just in Italy and... I brought back a few special wines that I couldn't find here that I thought my students should really, really taste. So, oh, neat. What'd yeah. you bring? I brought a uh, Mufato Nobile from oh. Orvieto. So oh. that's a noble rot wine from Orvieto. Oh. And I also brought a um, Pasito Montefalco. So mm. Segrantino de Montefalco yeah. Pasito. Wow. Yeah. That's really neat. Sometimes you can get the Segrantino Pasitos here, I've but seen they're them. rare enough right. that I, there wasn't any right now, so I brought it over. So cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's great to take a wine class. It's once a week, or is it? It's once a week, Once yeah. a week, mm-hmm. and so you get to go spend three hours to... And you also get some camaraderie with students like that, right? Aren't you, you get oh, a little... Oh, yeah. It, it really is wonderful because a lot of the students are studying for either one of our degree tracks or other higher certifications, and they get to bond together and... Um, study together and uh, inspire each other and maybe find work together in the uh-huh. future, which is what school is about, right? It is really fun because I took an international sommelier guild at uh, South Seattle College campus with Barb Phillips and mm-hmm. uh, Mark Davidson. And our group, I mean, I just hung out with um, uh, David Morris, who is the psalm for Wolfgang Puck in New York right now. And so we have this tight group because we all, well, we passed and <laughs> not Yay. everyone passed, but we all went on and, and continued this journey. So it's great to see um, Rena Bustle, who's down at Spago in, in L.A. Uh, and, you know, Siegelbaum. So it's really fun. So you get to meet some great people. You get to, 
I think that that environment is good because it, it sort of fortifies this idea that you you strive to learn because people are learning with you and they're kind of like, well, oh shoot, he, he knew that answer. I better know that answer too. I think that little competition feeling, it's not c- competitive per se, but it just gives you that atmosphere. Friendly pushing each other. Yes, yeah. yeah friendly elevation, we'll call it. Yeah. Now, um, so how do we sign up for some of these classes? Courses? Well, um, you sign up the typical way you'd sign up for college courses. Um, at South Seattle. So if you've never been a student before, you need to come onto campus and um, see an advisor and register. If you've already taken a class at the college, you can register online. Oh, for, for Wine Scholar, you have to actually go through the um, academic counseling program. Um, well, you don't have to get counseled, but you do have to register on campus. So okay. there'll be someone there to walk you through it. That's the counseling. I see. <laughs> um, and so some of the students in the uh, Wine Scholar Guild classes are, as I said, degree track students. So we get they get credits. Everybody gets credits um, either towards a degree or not if you're just there for the one course. Um, and then you buy your materials through us, and um, that includes the exam, which is separate from our college course. So it's a little bit of a two-part. Two oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. I, I, I'm dying to, uh, as I take ma- Master Sommelier program next year, or the, the exam, I should yeah. say, there's no program, um, I'm going to look for all these avenues to really continue that structure. I think, you know, when you have self-study, it yeah. really needs structure, and that takes discipline. Which, oh, yeah. <laughs> which, when you're in the wine biz, discipline is like, well, I'll have another glass of wine. Uh, <laughs> it helps to have others around help in pushing yes, you. Yeah, it You is. asked how much it cost, and um, I the credit, I'm not sure exactly how many... About 1100 bucks, I think, with about materials and things. About that, all told, yeah. yeah. And the great thing about doing it at the college is, if you were to sign up to do the self-study program just online with their wonderful online materials, it would cost you about the same. Without but, the wines. <clears throat> without the wines and without the instruction. Without, so yeah, without someone it's washing a, glasses. It's... <laughs> It's a hard number to swallow, um, you know, when you're looking at it, but it really is an incredible value. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to taste those wines and have actually someone talk about them and, and have the the uh, environment where you can ask the questions and learn. I mean, this college is expensive, right? And this is a college campus, so. Yeah, and you can get financial aid to help you out. Yeah. Right. We used, to, we used to drink beer in college. Now you're <laughs> drinking wine. Um, it's pretty neat. So we have the Northwest Wine Academy. Of course, you have uh, the new uh, dean of the Culinary and Wine Academy is Brian Shisher, yeah. who is uh, a well-known Washingtonian uh, chef. He used to be at uh, Trellis and the uh, Heathman Hotel, and before that up at Salish Lodge, I believe. Uh, really cool cat. Um, so you've got lots of great leadership. And so you have a, is this a new position for you then? You've joined f- faculty, or you, uh, what do they call it? So I've been... Been, um, Adjunct. Part- yeah, I've been part- part-time faculty since 2012. I started okay. on teaching history, which is kind of my uh, mm-hmm. little pet love. Um, well, so I teach history, ancient times to the present, uh, wine history. Yeah. And um, I love to weave that into the courses because it really gives a foundation for why, how we arrived where we're at today and why. And especially for marketing students, that is that kind of perspective is really valuable. And for, wine, for winemaking students, too, to um, think about how people, what pe- wine tasted like through the ages and um, how they made it and what they expected from it and what it meant to them. Yeah, the Dukes of Burgundy. What was that guy's uh, name? The Creon de Bruno. Philip the Bold. Philip the Bold, yeah. yes. He... Who banned Gamay. Gamay. The, the bad and disloyal one. That's... Banned it from the Cote d'Or. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so fun. So history is, is a huge part of actually uh, the story of wine because yeah. it, it comes, I mean, civilization 
the Romans, right? And that's how it started. Then you look at the the monks who were the educated people and knew how to write, and they had nothing to do but make wine and, <laughs> and eat and pray, and yeah. yeah, nothing else to do but try to subside and subsist and pray a lot. Um, so you need a little bit of wine to get you through that. I of think. course, yeah. of course. And then Napoleon fixed all that. Um, anyway, <laughs> so how many courses are there then? So we have the Northwest Wine Academy. You can learn to be a winemaker. You can learn to be a marketing person. Yeah. You can take food and wine pairing classes. Then you have the French Scholar. Do you do WSET too, you said? Um, we host WSET on site through the Wine and Spirit Archive. In, uh, no, that's Mimi Martin oh, Mimi, uh, right. out of Portland. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're actually doing some other collaborations for um, Wine Scholar and in Portland as well. That's great. So yeah, so we have a um, couple degree tracks. We have um, food and wine pairing, mar- wine marketing, and wine making. So we're a full teaching winery, obviously. Um, if you don't know that already, it's a, a jewel in the city. It is. And um, so we've got wine making classes. We have um, we have theory classes, which is mostly what I teach. So I also teach a wines of the world, which meets twice a week and takes you through all of the greatest, most important, iconic wine regions of the world, from new world to old world. Um, And we have sensory classes, um, basic sensory and advanced sensory as well. So whether you want to, your goal is to become a professional or you just have a hobby that you want to deepen, you know, you can join a degree track or there are classes that, um, you know, can, can inspire you irrespective. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and of course, you you had you're having fun with me. You brought a wine that is blind. Um, I I've smelled it. It smells Italian to me. Um, it tasted kind of Italian. Uh, I tell you, this is my fifth, sixth one. <laughs> <laughs> it's got some old world funk to it. Acid is is moderate plus tannin is just moderate. It's grape tannin. There's no new oak on this wine. Um, least contact. It's 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 red fruited. It doesn't taste like Grenache. I mean, it's kind of Grenache esque, but I, I think this is like uh, Gatinar or something. Nebbiolo. Boy, you are so close. Wow. So you had the mountain Nebbiolos, right? This uh, is actually um, from the Valdosta. Valdosta from Donas, which is known as the mountain little brother to Barolo. Ah, mm-hmm. so cool. So it is Nebbiolo. How yeah. about Gosh, that? you're good. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Uh, What a treat. So, SouthSeattleCollege.edu has information on all this stuff, or French Wine, or sorry, Wine Scholar Guild. Yes, the Wine Scholar Guild. Wine Scholar Mm -hmm. Guild. Wow. Uh, Tanya Morningstar, darling, what a treat. Thank you so much, and congratulations on on leading our, our youth. Uh, into the wine movement. Our youth and and those who are moving on to their (laughs) second career, too. Yeah, they're so youthful. Hey, folks, stick around. We've got Damon Hewitt with Passing Time, the Husky legend, coming in the studio right next on Happy Hour Radio. He's live. He's local. He's all Northwest. Lars Larson. Weekdays, noon to 3. Talk Radio 570. KBI. KBI. Want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Time for round two. And there's uh, two studs in the studio right now. I have the pleasure of having, uh, well, one of the cats that I, I really admire. I'm a Husky, a class of uh, uh, 
Kerry Conklin, I think was, and Chris. Uh, anyway, I got Damon Hewitt here. He is a former NFL quarterback, a former uh, passing leader for Washington at the time, and uh, he's traveled around the NFL. And he got into wine. He now has a winery in Woodville called Passing Time with another quarterback. Go figure. Hey, Damon Hewitt, welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks for having me, Christopher. Super excited. Um, I I seen you from afar. Um, it's funny because I th- I met Bledsoe a couple years ago, and uh, like oh, okay, and then I see. Kellen Clemens lives in Walla Walla too. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I was surprised. He's, let's see if he gets into a winery too. We have to get the quarterback club. Right. Yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of former athletes doing the wine thing, but um, I, I got to be honest with you, Dan and I, Marino, my partner in passing time, talked about doing this in the late '90s, '97, '98, and fast forward 20 years, here we are with yeah. passing time and, and having a bunch of fun with it. Wow, you are old, aren't you? I'm getting old, yes. Yeah. Well, you look good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think Brock's getting more gray hair than you. Uh, well, um, let's talk about 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think you're from Puyallup, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking that's close to Olympia. <laughs> A right beer, beer drinking crowd. Oh. How'd you get into wine? Well, um, it, it did honestly start uh, when I went to South Florida, joined the Dolphins. Dan Marino was a teammate of mine. Uh, kind of the big brother I never had. And uh, believe it or not, he had a bunch of awesome Washington wines in his cellar at that time. He had a buddy who was a distributor at Southern that turned him on to Washington uh-huh. wine in the late 90s. And price-to-score ratio, you know, you can remember Andrew Will, Cole Solari, you know, Quilcita Creek, some of these guys back then just coming on the scene. And uh, Danny's like, Damon, you ever you ever tried these wines from where you come from? And I'm like, no, Dan, I'm just kind of a poor college kid, but they're pretty good. Pour me some more. <laughs> So, I want a rookie contract, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the bug bit, and we always talked about one day when I was done playing and back here in the Northwest that, um, you know, let's dive into this wine thing and make our own wine. Uh, that's It's fantastic. And obviously, um, this the industry is, is huge. Did you... Uh, you're a quarterback, right? Yeah. So you study plays, you study games, you study film. Did you study Washington wine? Did you really dive into it big time and um you know, i don't think a lot of people know this story but the coolest part probably about the story is not so much dan and i but it's actually me kind of coming back full circle to my family's roots my dad grew up in prosser my great-grandparents were some of the first concord grape growers in the state wow. there's a heward road right next to dick boucher's vineyard seriously dick reminds me i drive down heward road all the time so i had these cool kind of agricultural roots in my family that who would have thought all these years later that i'd kind of be getting back into it with the wine and whatnot. Um, was born in Yakima. My dad played high school basketball against Paul Shampoo. So I had kind of some of these inroads and connections to great fruit. So, you know, the fact that we're able to start this project with some of this fruit from these older established vineyards is really what's made Passing Time get out the gate. Now, did you did you create a wine cellar at some point? I mean, oh yeah, I, I know in the the pro athlete world, you never know how long you're going to be with one space, <laughs> yeah. one place, especially with those contracts in the NFL, not yeah. like basketball. Right. Um, but did you have a wine cellar starting in in ninety seven, ninety eight? You know, uh, sort of. Uh, by two thousand one and whatnot, I did. Uh, I was right down here. I think it was like the Seattle Wine Store, yes. Chuck, right on Denny. So I'd have a locker every time I came home in the off season, and I'd have you know five, six, seven cases in there. And then um, I, I would always, wherever I was, uh, celebrate Washington wines with friends. Uh, it really took off in New England when I was played one year with Drew Bledsoe. And we kind of, you know, I kind of told him how much I was into wine. And he was talking, just getting into it, too. And obviously, he's from Walla Walla. So that kind of kicked off. And, I mean, at one point, it was going to be Dan, Drew, 
Rick Meyer and myself, and we were going to own the Discovery Vineyard with Quilcita Creek, and Paul Shampoo was going to grow the grow the grapes. But then we said, you know what? None of us live here. We're trying to manage this thing. It was too many moving parts. Was the legal advice? It was wait till you're done playing and back home before you dive into this thing. So we did all that. I retired in '09. Uh, our first vintage was 2012. So that's really kind of the back channel story of this evolution. But always along the way, I was celebrating, promoting Washington wine, whether it was the Dolphins, the Patriots, and then in the end in Kansas City where Dick Vermeil, who owns a winery, was as well. So that's right. wine along the way, uh, along my football path was so much fun. That's really cool. And, of course, uh, Bledsoe started his winery, the Bledsoe Family Winery, and um, he, he has a couple years on you, right? He started his, his in 06, I think. Yeah, uh, 07, I think, was 07. his first vintage, yeah, okay. and um, pretty good vintage to start. Um, uh, he retired a few years before me. Right. And so he got back home, and he's like, I'm diving into this. And so, um, But it's even more fun that we kind of have our own projects now. Uh, Drew has his, obviously mine, and then Rick Meyer has his own project in Napa That's called right. Mirror. So, you know, all these quarterbacks doing this wine thing. Um, it's a lot of fun and competitive, too. It is. <laughs> uh, that's pretty neat. And um, what did you learn things? I mean, from a competitive sports um, perspective, obviously, when you have so, so much structure in your life, right? Is it Was it hard to – how long did it take you to, to be unretired? not playing football when you say you retired yeah. but my dad was a doctor for 42 years and he could not sit still yeah. for the first two years he was like i don't know what to do right yeah no it's hard and obviously we've seen so many athletes struggle making that transition uh there's no doubt about it you you, you lived and you thrived on that competition for so many years and you try to find it in other things but it's it's never really the same as you know those butterflies you have in your stomach you know driving up to the stadium on game day and whatnot um but i tell you it's Kind of, kind of geeky uh, that I, you know, and if I know like the wine advocates reports coming out tomorrow, like I, I'm kind of fired up, you know, I'm kind of nervous. So you get some of that same stuff, but um, you know, yeah, it uh, it's a competitive market, obviously the wine industry, but I also feel like the Washington wine industry, in so many ways, is still in its infancy. And I felt like being new kids on the block, everybody, all the pioneers in the business have been so good to us, you know, knowing that um, you know a high tide rises all ships, right? And you know, whether it's Chris Camarda. Uh, been a dear friend of mine at Andrew Will, Charlie Hoppus at Fidelitas. I mean, these are guys I've built just some awesome relationships. Uh, you know, Paul Galitzin at Quilcita Creek. All these guys have been so good to me along the way in helping us uh, build the Passing Time brand. That's awesome. You know John Ware up at Cedar Creek. I right? know John as well. Yes. Yeah, he was my fr- he lived in the fraternity next He's a husky. to me, so we graduated together. He's like, yeah, in Redwood fraternities. It was great because we're still friends, and uh, of course, uh, Glitzens were members of the Rainer Club, where I worked for many, many years. Um, did you, so? You have a cellar now. Do you have more than seven cases? <laughs> I do for sure. You know, but I'm not going to lie to you. It's so Washington uh, laden. I mean, I'm yeah. just all about you know Washington wines. Always have been. Um, you know, no question. I I enjoy some Italian wines. Um, but uh, I'm all about Washington and promoting what we have going on here. I think uh, Washington Wine Commission uh, did a, uh, a media market or a market promotion in Florida, South Florida, one year. Okay. Yeah, and so they they went out there to, to try to get some traction, some exposure for Washington Wine. Yeah. Marino wasn't doing enough, but uh, <laughs> maybe he is now. Yeah. So tell me how the relationship works with you and Dan. Yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, and this project has really, you know, kept our friendship uh, you know, being 3,000 miles away, it's tough. Everybody's busy in life. But, you know, I think everyone thinks that, you know, he just is a, a face of this thing or whatnot. But, um, you know, you pay attention to our 
label or even it's not like Dan's name's on there uh, or anything. Um, it really truly is about the wine, and he is all about it. Um, you know, his his wife uh, Claire came up with the name Passing Time. Oh, really? Um, it's so fun. Uh, Danny's a really really bright guy, and you know we've we've changed our label a little bit with a few little colors and things, and these are all things that he thinks about and has suggested, and they've they've all worked really well. So he's just an awesome teammate, very passionate about this project. Uh, has done a great job pushing passing time in South Florida, and um, you know we'll, we'll continue to grow down there as well. That's really neat. Well, I was I was looking at the label, and you actually it has uh, looks like the threads of a, of a football laces out, right? <laughs> exactly, and Dan gets that all the time. All the time, that oh, is yeah. so fun. I mean, how do we immortalize that? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, but those laces. You know, I think the whole thing with our label, passing time. You know, what is that? I think it's subtle enough to where it's it's just not all about football. And I've had people ask, are those are those the markings of time? You know, yeah. are there eight partners? Are are those vineyard rows? You know, wow. So I I love kind of the play. You know, on passing time because that's kind of what we're doing we're hanging out drinking wine with family and friends and but we also know when it's third down in the red zone and we got to score it's passing time oh so funny <laughs> I, I love it well yeah. i was i you know when i talked to drew a couple years ago i was saying you know y- y- you should really use some of this football vernacular instead of uh, uh offensive lines i'm now in cabernet vines and instead of scoring <laughs> you know six points i'm going for 96 points Ooh, that's good i'm yeah. gonna have to steal some of that you should i think it'd be really fun and yeah. obviously it makes sense um did you participate in taste washington uh yes i did in a few of the events for sure uh, I did the red and white party, I believe, on Thursday night, which kind of kicked it all off. And then uh, on Sunday, we were uh, at the seminar. It was kind of wines, you know, versus the world, uh, which uh, was a lot of fun. That was fun. Uh, we got to, uh, you know, taste a bunch of different awesome Washington wines versus wines from, you know, some California, some from uh, Bordeaux. So, yeah, it was really, really killer. You know, I was impressed because you made some comments that I heard, and I said, well, you actually know, you knew wine. You said, oh, this is, smells like Rhone to me. <laughs> Which it was. Well, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, okay, I think I know where you're going. But a, a few of the winemaker, the owners, winemakers up at the table, I think they cheated. Like, I, honest to God, I didn't know which wine mine was. And so, yeah, I was just kind of playing along with the crowd, too. Like, yeah. But I, I went in the wrong order. So it kind of was one, two, three, four. And then you were supposed to go back to that same side for five, six, seven, eight. And I went right up to eight after four. You were Z left. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I threw the wrong route to the wrong guy, you know. But anyway. Uh, but I, I was right when they finally got to eight. It was you were. I said, God, this is so, like, he knows his wines. Oh, please, I thought that was really fun. Thanks. Well, um, we're going to take a little break here, and uh, we're going to come back more with Damon here to passing time, and we're going to talk about the wine itself, the winery, and the, what's really important is the winemaker. You've got a, a, a stud winemaker there. Yes. He's got great pedigree, and uh, I tell you, in that tasting, um, I had not tried your wine, but at that taste, Washington, I fell in love with passing time, and uh, maybe it's the bromance. I don't know. Hey, folks, <laughs> stick around. We got more with Damon here. Passing time right here on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. John Carlson, live and local, 6 to 8 a.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. 
All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Time for round three. Hope you got something tasty in your glass. I know I do. I've got Damon Heward in studio. He is co-founder with pal Dan Marino of Passing Time Winery here in Washington. Back to his Washington roots. The Puyallup kid, the Husky, comes back home and um, puts up a W for some wine. <laughs> so, Damon, um, you you did some research. You, you had some relationships back to your Proster days, your Yakima roots, and things like that uh, with Shampoo Vineyards, Paul Shampoo, and Charlie Hoppus, and Chris Kamar. Um, but how did you figure out who to make the wine? I mean, yeah. I'm surprised you're not doing it, but I get it. Look, you're a specialist. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, gosh, it's really dumb luck in a lot of ways. Um, I, I met uh, Chris Peterson, our winemaker, through a mutual friend. And um, he um, uh, was a husky and loved sports. And, um, you know, I loved the wines of DeLille that he made for years. At DeLille. And so um, we just kind of hit it off. He was just starting his own project at Avenia. And, you know, it was kind of like, you know, hey, do you think you have room, you know, within the scope of what you're doing at Avenia to, you know, maybe make four or 500 cases for 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 my for Danny and I at Passing Time? And uh, I was like, yeah. So it just kind of started kind of small there. Uh, you know, I think we made 450 cases at the 2012 vintage and and it went well. And the 13 vintage of the Horse Heaven Hills. And, and, um, and then we decided I got tired of people asking me if my winery was in Walla Walla. And then I always had a little bit of Red Mountain Clips and Merlot in our in our in our Horse Heaven Hills cabs, and everyone would go, "Oh, Red Mountain." So by 2014, I said, "You know what? I want to make a cab from all three of these appellations that I think do it best in Washington." And um, and here we are with Chris making wine from some of these you know iconic vineyards in Walla Walla. We got Seven Hills and Pepper Bridge fruit uh, and Red Mountain. I got some 35 year old buying Clips and stuff, and then in the Horse Heaven Hills with Shampoo and Discovery. So killer vineyards and unbelievable winemaker and uh and, and a passion for washington wine is kind of taking passing time off uh and so how closely did you work with chris peterson i mean yeah. i know that i'll, I'll be first minute i have a winery and the, the wine is made in the vineyard it's yeah. for sure because yeah. you know we, we punch it down we crush it and, then, and the yeast die for us <laughs> so how how did you know how to sort of work with with him and figure i mean did you say hey we'll follow your lead or yeah um you know what i also loved about Chris, you know, especially when I first met him, it was just kind of the saying in football world, and you know, you're looking for recruits somewhere or the next level guys. You want guys, you know, that are just they say PhD, poor, hungry, and driven. Ah. You know, and and Chris was a guy who hadn't made a name for himself just yet, but boy, I sensed his passion. I knew what he did, was he was doing a bunch of work at Delille, and it's just like you know what this this guy, just your gut tells you like, okay, this is the guy. You know, and so it, it, he has. I mean, what he's done here uh, with our wines of passing time at Avenia in a very short time. Um, I also love that he was, uh, you know, he was the first ever graduate from the Walla Walla uh, uh, Wine School there, and um, so it just it was just some neat things going. And like anything in life, it's always timing. Oh, yeah. But um, but I work very closely with him, and he'll tell you that I'm probably a pain. You know, I'm on him all the time. You know, why why aren't we using 100 percent Terenso barrels? I mean, that's what Colcita does. Come on now. I love no, no, I like barrels. I like the gamba and uh, let me tell you you know the soiree really provides some mouthfeel and, and he's right like all the time but um the other thing is is we're so small at 1500 cases that boy we can spend months dialing in our blending trials and i tell you he is so that's where the artist
ministry and him comes out is, is, is you know, going barrel through barrel and blend through blend and a, a, just a percentage or two of Cab Franc and maybe, you know, this barrel and the 4% of this Merlot and which, and, and every year it's, it's a little bit different, but he dials it right in. Uh, so that's fascinating too. And then I'll say this about Chris is no, um, I, I truly believe no winemaker spends more time in the vineyards than him. You know, he grew up in Yakima, so he loves going over there in the fall. And, um, and, and when you pick the, pick that fruit is such an important, uh, uh, you know, deal in your, in your whole process. And, and he is over there tasting the fruit two, sometimes three times a week, making that long drive over there to all of our vineyards. Yes. Uh, that timing again, it's about timing. You need yeah. to pick the fruit. It's yeah. better. I don't know. Is it better a day early than a day late? I think probably. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I would say Chris kind of leans, you know, he wants to pick the fruit when it's fresh. Yeah. And so he might pick it a hair earlier than some people that want to, you know, let it hang till there's 28 bricks or something. So he is very, he's just on top of it and he's batting a thousand for passing time. So how many wines do you produce? We produce, well, at the end of the day, five, but really it's about our three Cabernets. Um, we have a, a wine club at passing time that um, we do about 50 to 100 cases of Merlot, depending on the vintage. And uh, we have a fun event up at our winery for our club members called Monday Night Merlot. We've done this now three years. And uh, we bring in a pizza truck and put on a football game and, and go through some Merlot, which is a lot of fun. And then last year we introduced um, uh, what we're calling kind of our Columbia Valley Red Blend. Uh, it was really killer. Uh, like I said, we make these three focused Cabernets from those three Appalachians, Walla Walla, Red Mountain, and the Horse Heaven Hills. And then we have barrels. You know, we have some fruit that didn't make sure. those specific wines uh, better, and, and we make a killer blend. And people say, oh, that's your stuff that wasn't good enough. No, it's actually this year, three barrels of Discovery was better with two barrels of shampoo instead of three barrels of shampoo. So we have an extra barrel of shampoo. Let's see what we can do with this blend. So um, we had a lot of fun with that Columbia Valley Red blend. And uh, so really at the end of the day, five wines, three big cabs, uh, a Merlot, and our Columbia Valley Red wine. And the Columbia Valley Red is out now. Then, uh, it's yes. Our 2014 version uh, is sold out. We'll release the 15. We don't release them at the same time as our cabs in sure. the spring. We hold that back kind of as a, a holiday release, early November. Okay. And yeah. when uh, so 15 is your third vintage. Fourth. Fourth. Okay. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. And did you came out with one wine to begin with, or did you come out? Yeah, just right. one. So just the, said, the Horse Heaven Hills right. Cabernet. Okay. Yeah. Um, how. How do you do the blending trials? I mean, does yeah. he give them to you? Do you guys play together? Do you do the little the yeah. test tubes or whatever? The test tubes all day long. And, you know, and Chris will play and play and play, and he'll kind of have about three or four that he really likes, and it's hard to decipher through. And then that's that's when I come in and we go through it, and I I always, you know, lean on his decision. He knows where that wine's going. and But, um, but it, it is fun and it is fascinating you know, watching him, uh, the artist there when he's doing that. Does Dan cool. come up? Dan has been up about twice a year. He comes up. Yep. So for our big release party, we had over 800 people wow. uh, at the winery uh, two weeks ago, uh, the 24th, 20, uh, what was the date on that? 14th, 15th. So we had a blast. Uh, thank you to so many of our club members and fans coming out and supporting that and being a part of that thing. And then... Um, you guys and, signing a lot of bottles, I imagine? You know, we, we sign all of our large formats. Right. You know, if I just let, it would just be an autograph session for, they don't want yes. mine, but they want Dan's. 
bottles. <laughs> and um, and it, it would be, it'd be, it, that's all he'd be doing is signing bottles all day. And he wants to visit with everybody and oh, yeah. and whatnot. So, um, but we sign all of our magnums and all of our three liters. Um, so that's a people, people three liters? get those. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we do a really cool three liter out the bottleneck at the very top of it. I should have brought one in here. We actually, this is kind of one little football tie to our thing. We break, we we get a big hide of Wilson leather every year, and we cut it out, and so around the neck is is real oh, really? Wilson leather. So it's kind of a fun little play uh, uh, with the football theme and passing time. Now, have you? Uh, is there a taste of the Super Bowl, or are you and and uh, Drew and Rick and? Uh, Dick, and uh, I think there's a couple other athletes. Charles out Woodson, has yeah, Woodson, won, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. One of these years, we probably should do something fun. If you know, maybe if for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, the Hall of Fame, or if the Super Bowl's in the Bay Area, or oh, if it sure. ever comes to Seattle and some of these wine growing regions, would be kind of cool. We'll need another kingdom, I think. <laughs> we need another dome. <laughs> we yeah, do. Yeah. Um, so, you, typically, is is your wine sold out? I mean, uh, yeah. So our our Red Mountain sold out upon release. Our Walla Wallas, you know, we got about thirty forty cases left. Um, our Horse Heaven Hills, we did make five hundred fifty cases le- uh, this the two thousand fifteen vintage. I probably got about a hundred cases left. So there's a little bit left. It'll probably be gone by this summer. Um, but um, you know, uh, fifteen hundred cases is kind of where I, I believe we can really have that attention to detail and focus. Everyone says, "I'll make more." No, I, I, I don't right. think I want to dial this thing in. And, and I think every year at about fifteen hundred cases is where we can do our best. Well, I'm tasting the wine, um, and you actually opened it up, and you were concerned whether you had time to breathe. <laughs> I, I think you know, fifteen shows itself pretty early, um, and obviously your your tannin structure here in oak management is not so overbearing. It, it's not. Um, you know, two years of, of well, it's probably two years, but it's it's not like Bordeaux coming out of the barrel because they have right. harder tannins, much t- tighter wound. Our fruit is more voluptuous, or more opulent, and mm-hmm. of course, we do get some great structure here. Uh, this is I remember in that tasting at, at uh, Taste Washington in the seminar. I was just so impressed with mouthfeel because I think yeah. Cabernet Sauvignon is one of those wines that California's dialed in mouthfeel for Cabernet Sauvignon, and that's kind of where the benchmark has been yeah. outside of Bordeaux. But Bordeaux is all about complexity, sure. And Cabernet and Napa is about you know seduction. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. you've got that taste here, but you get some of that that structure which leads to complexity because yes. we have more structure. Yeah. Uh, and so you got three kinds of oak on this wine, you said. Maybe I think there's four. more. Four? I think there's um, uh, some Seguin Moreau as well. I mean, Chris is all. We got a lot of different barrels in there. Um, so we, um, you know, that's he's got this barrel program dialed in, and 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 I and I totally agree with him. I think it is fun. Terenso is uh, back to your. I think you said luscious and Napa and and uh, very seductive. Uh, but I think some of those other ones, the Sori, really, it is funny when we taste the, 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 the wine just out of that barrel. It is a big mouthfeel thing. And I also think that's part of the, the Horse Heaven Hills. You know, you kind of get that cocoa powder, mm-hmm. you know, that weight on your palate with this wine. But there also is a touch of restraint, which I think is a signature from our winemaker, Chris Peterson. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm super excited. Hey, we're going to take a little break and come back more with uh, Damon Heward of Passing Time Winery. The 2015 Horse Heaven Cabernet Sauvignon is in my glass. I don't know if it'll still be in my glass, but we got the bottle up. And stick around right here on Happy <laughs> Hour Radio. Big names, big news. Sean Hannity. Listen and be part of history. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. 
Hey, folks, time for our fourth and final segment. Thanks for sticking around this Saturday night. You can find us right here on 570 KVI. If you ever miss a show, check out the website. It's happyhourradio.net. And if you're an iTunes cat, uh, we're right up on iTunes, man. Seattle Happy Hour Radio. Happy Hour Radio Seattle. Uh, I've got Damon Heward, uh, the co-founder of Passing Time, along with Dan Marino. We're just uh, enjoying um, enjoying some conversation. And the Horse Heaven Hills 2015 Cabernet Sauvignon. Was this one vineyard or two vineyards? So this fruit comes from three different vineyards. Okay. Uh, the cab comes from um, uh, the Shampoo Vineyard and the Discovery Vineyard. It's about uh, 60-30 Discovery to Shampoo Cab. Is Discovery year. closer to the water? It's right on the Columbia yeah. River. Yeah. Okay. It's just due, that'd be due south of Shampoo, essentially, to kind of run into the river right there. And uh, Milo K and K Mays, they do an amazing job at that vineyard. Um, it's, um, oh gosh, maybe about 25, 30 acres is all. But, boy, that, their attention and focus there and what they've done. And as that vineyard's matured now, I think it's about 17 years old. So the fruit's really come into its own. It's like the darkest fruit uh, we have in the cellar. It is awesome, dark stuff. And then, obviously, the shampoo. I think that's because the wind is the skin's yeah, a little thicker. could be part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a cool, unique site. And um, they do a nice job. And then the shampoo cab, of course, iconic stuff. Um, you know, that's that kind of that, that cocoa powder, that lusciousness. I think you you taste there. You think of shampoo, you think obviously of Colcita Creek and Woodward Canyon Old Vines and Andrew Will Sorella. You know, it's just not a, not a better vineyard in the state. And then um, we got a little bit of Clips and Merlot, which really fleshes this wine out. And that wine comes from the Red Mountain uh, vineyard or Appalachian. Um, you know, if you have 90% or more of fruit from a particular Appalachian, you can put that on the bottles. We call it our Horse Seven Hills Cab. Sure. Even though there's 8% of this Clips and Merlot in it from Red Mountain. And then uh, the 4% Cab Franc, again from Shampoo Vineyard. Uh, it's amazing how that lifts the nose when we're doing these blending trials. Just that It's just amazing uh, aromatically what, what it does to the wine. So um, You would really yeah. think that 1% can change the flavor, the profile so drastically when you have such a powerful grape like Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, I was but blown it away. Does. Yeah, it does. It's crazy. And it's, it's just the difference. And, and I've done blending trials too. Like, holy smokes, 1%. Yeah, go 1%. figure. We are the 1%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you don't have a tasting room. You right. just have a wine club. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a waiting list for the wine club? It's it's getting pretty close. Um, oh. You're not know, trying to be some hardcore salesman, but um, yeah, our Red Mountain sold out upon release. Our Walla Walla, I think I mentioned earlier, just we have about 30, 40 cases left. And the Horse Heaven Hills, we did make about 550 cases of it in 2015, but it, uh, it's dwindling away too. But um, yeah, so uh, we, we got an awesome wine club. Our futures program, kind of get to tomorrow's wine at today's price. Make sure you're guaranteed allocation. And with that, we have some awesome events that we do about three times a year up at the winery. Um, obviously, our big release weekend. We do this Monday Night Merlot event I talked about, and then an awesome holiday deal. Uh, so, yeah, we'd love to have you know a few more members of our club and uh, join the Passing Time family and come share a glass with us up in Woodenville in the lovely Warehouse District. You don't need a seat license, though, right, for this club? No, you don't. <laughs> Is that the no. Club? <laughs> no seat license. No PSL. That's awesome. Uh, well, I'm excited, and the website is? PassingTime.com. PassingTime.com. Yeah. So cool. And we'll look for You're having a release party. You have, you're doing some tastings around town? Yep, yep, yep. Pouring around town. So awesome shops have been very good to us from the get-go. Um, uh, we'll be at McCarthy and Shearing here. I'm also going to be up, up at uh, Arista, uh, up in Edmonds um, on the 19th uh, that afternoon. So that'll be a bunch of fun. 
Um, so come come visit, come taste some passing time. Fun, and uh, you do have a chance to meet some of the wine writers, the critics, right? The Jeb yeah, Denics of the world, and the, I mean that that's been a bit of a revolving door it seemed over the past few years. But um, you recently you've been awarded some great accolades, and uh, I think when you get to that number, it's worth repeating. It is, yeah. You know, 97 points we got with this wine from uh, Jeb Dunnick, who had been reviewing the wines for the Wine Advocate the last, uh, I believe, five years or so for Washington State. Um, and he just came to town, g- gave us the final grade of 97 points on this wine. Our Walla Walla Cab also got 97 points. Our Red Mountain Cab, 95-plus points. So Was 97 it, your rookie year? Uh, 97 was my rookie year. Good call. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'd love to make a, you know, we want to be the first winery to have a 100-point wine under 100 bucks. That's just kind of our goal. Now, if we get there, you know, touche QC. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so we'll see. We have got a long way to go, and obviously, some great wineries have, you know, set the bar in this town. But uh, price to score ratio, we we want to keep it right. Well, I want to start my own scoring. I'm going to like 120 points. These <laughs> I'll take it just to mix it up. Uh, well, this has been a real treat. Um, you're a very uh, approachable gentleman. You're obviously Thanks, um, have a lot of history, and um, obviously you can probably tell a million stories. And the fact that you you can name uh, vineyards and winemakers and have that part of history, which really endears me to um, you being in the business, because I think it's easy for for celebrities to be involved and and be hands off. But you live here, so and you got a name and a reputation, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I I think for people to have taken us seriously, um, you know, I, I had to act like I was, you know, know what I'm talking about here. I mean, people could look at this as a vanity project, and that's the last thing we want. And uh, we want people to know how serious we are about wine and about making Washington's next great Cabernet. Well, congratulations. Hey, this is Damon Hewitt with Passing Time and co-founder Dan Marino. Hey, Dan, he's down in Florida. <laughs> he's uh, having a good time on Saturday night. I appreciate it. PassingTime.com. Thanks so much for joining me. And Thanks, Christopher. Radio. Yeah, so fun. Hey, folks, hope you enjoyed uh, the show. Remember, we got um, happyrradio.net, and life is always better with the designated driver. Cheers. Cheers.